so all the fights were cancelled people were masked up america yeah. a little freedom people were still fighting fights were going promotions yeah. so like you know what uh one day my coach called me because he came to pa to my factory to a couple of stars like fighters like our clique we had a small clique yeah and then um they went i stayed at home because i was i was I used to work as a plumber uh the union plumber so yeah yeah, uh, yeah. i did i did five years in, the uh, five in years, canada uh, in canada yeah okay I used to be do five years i did five year apprenticeship i'm still like i left off work i still have a pension and yeah. all this stuff and i'm grateful for it they always supported me for my fight sponsored me like five thousand each fight which is like Whoa, that's crazy Dope live. Another episode of Adversity Kings. Special guest today, Bobby Murda. What's the last name? My uh, full legal name is a uh, Ferdos Naimi. Ferdos Naimi. Yeah, the way that uh, the nickname was created is I made like a Facebook back in like 2012, I think. Yeah. This was uh, when I was an immigrant in Canada. Yeah. So I was very uh, shy of like putting my legal name out there because mm -hmm. I was just so I just put na the name Bobby. Yeah. And then it just went on from that, from then yeah. on. Everyone kind of knew me as Bobby and stuff. And then the murder, it's it's something that my um, striking coach, uh, Evan Boris, came up with. Yeah. Murder. Is he out of Pittsburgh? He's from Toronto. He's from Toronto. Yeah. That's okay. a, yeah so we used to train together. We still do. Dope. And, uh, yeah, he just wanted to. Does he come down like, to Pittsburgh to train with you? Yeah, he comes to my factory. Oh, did he uh, move yeah. down also? No, he hasn't moved down yet officially like I did. Okay. Uh, Will he? um maybe maybe yeah. yeah of the opportunities meet and yeah there's some visa work issues yeah yeah you yeah. guys don't love canadians yeah yeah <laughs> i know i think like vice versa as well like yeah, it's hard to true. get into canada from, from from my understanding it's hard yeah. to get into canada it's hard for uh canadians to get into america mm -hmm. and it's so weird for me to understand like to even comprehend being an illegal immigrant if you're Canadian. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you were a Canadian, technically you'd be an illegal immigrant and vice versa. If you're mm -hmm. an American living in Canada without proper paperwork, you're, you know what I mean? Like you essentially yeah. have no credit, you know, you're not able to buy anything. You're, you're essentially without anything. So now how old are you? Me, I'm 26. I just 26? turned 26 this March. And so you were born and raised in Afghanistan? Yeah. Okay. I was born and raised in Afghanistan. I was born in 1996. Yeah. And then, uh, so what, what, uh, month and day March 27. Okay. So you I'm just recently turned. Okay. Just recently uh, turned 26. Then. Yeah. Just recently turned 26. I, I hate having an early birthday. Yeah. Cause I still feel like it feels, it still feels good to be like, I'm still 25, but yeah, you know, that's what some of my friends do, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I understood. So what was, how long were you in Afghanistan? Uh, I grew up there in 1996. Yeah. And then we left. We left our country in 1999. So I grew up there about three years. I three don't years. remember much. Where'd you go after that? I traveled to Russia. So okay. My grandfather had five wives. Back in the days, I'm Muslim. I come from like a different cultures. Yes. So my grandfather, from my dad's side, we lived on the west end of the Afghanistan. There's a province called Herat. It's like. Think about uh, Cali and think about New York, right? Yeah. So my mom was like from New York, whereas like Kabul. Yeah. That's where the capital is. My mom was, my dad was like from Cali. So we were in the West End. And then um, his father married five wives. He was the first son. And then my uh, dad's family was heavy in uh, Persian rugs. Back back in the days, he used to, because he, he used to have a lot of sons. Yeah. He would all make a family business. And then 1999, the war happened between the Afghans and the Taliban's kind of was created. Where, do the, where does the Taliban originate from? Uh, it's a long story, but it's just a thing. It's uh, 
comes from like organizations like ISIS and things like that. You yeah. know, if you get into deep politics, it comes from majority of like Pakistan. That's where they originated from. Yeah. You know, so yeah. is Pakistan right beside Afghanistan? Uh, the whole politics from that is Afghanistan used to have certain land, and then Pakistan took it over in nineteen something. Yeah. I forgot the history. Of is that kind of what was happening and with Israel? Now, and yeah, Palestine? yeah, yeah. Literally the same thing, but this is like all that. So all that like people still beefing about it. Now what what had happened there? Was it Palestine's land first and Israel was trying to reclaim it? Is that why they the, were I think Palestine was there and then Israel they gave some land to Israelis and then now Israelis trying to take it over. So that's for my They want to take it back or yeah. something. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I feel it's like very gruesome. Like just it's no religions, mercy. you know. Religion yeah. is used as a weapon, like in Absolutely. you know, in in so many different ways. It's like 2022, you would think like yeah. we would have some sort of a peace. Yeah. And there's like war going between Ukraine. Well, this is a money. Everyday money. Money like dictated world and mm-hmm. war brings money, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. I think people, to my to my like best guess, I would imagine people are kind of puppeteering certain, mm-hmm. s- to a certain extent, instigating and, and trying to generate some level of aggression and and some type of war activity because I know it's going to it's going to generate some type of funds mm-hmm. right causing that chaos if everybody was at peace I feel like there might be less less money more money pro- more mm-hmm. problems sadly mm-hmm. um so you go to Moscow so you go to Moscow when you're three years old so then my dad met someone in the black market right when the war happened their store got robbed they used to be very wealthy back in from my dad's side yeah so they had like a, a safe in it, like they have a supermarket. Everything got stolen. Taliban took over the city. My dad met this guy in the black market, and I give I give a huge uh, uh, respect to my dad for making the decision. Because if I was an issue at his age, with the new baby and just paying some random dude some money to yeah. that, he would promise me he would take me through four countries, and then get me to Russia, in like in like a two week uh, span. Yeah, that was like it's mind blowing. Just like you know. Me being here is like one percent of chance of all my like the whole Absolutely. population of Afghanistan, you know. Way smaller than that. Yeah. So and then once we met this guy, we had to, we had to uh, leave Afghanistan to Iran. So we legally crossed the border to our neighbors, and then from Iran, I went to uh, I think it was Tajikistan. We we're there driving in a car like through illegally through the woods, walking a few days, yep. and then we finally made our way to Kazakhstan. And then uh, when we were in Kazakhstan, we had to hide in the bunk bench, right? So it's like, imagine this, there's a, this is the seat of the train, and there's another couch like this, and there's two top floors where you could just lay down and sleep. And we, like, imagine if you open this couch up, you could, like, put your suit, uh, luggage in there. Yeah. And then close it. So we were inside the luggage area. People were sitting on us. And that when was when you guys were going to Moscow? Yeah. And so me, they put you in sister. containers into a couch. It's kind of luggage area. It's like old school. It's a heavy ma- metal and like cardboard. Like it's like a, it's like a box basically. You sleep on it and then you lift it up. You put your luggage. So how long were you guys in there? We're in the, we're in there like a couple hours. I mean, my guess, mom from my mom's saying is like four or five hours. Yeah. Yeah, and then we finally made it to Russia, and then. So it wasn't a long trip from. Afghanistan to Russia. From Afghanistan to Russia, it was a 16-day trip, illegally passing through but, the border. But you guys weren't in the container for. No, it was just like a couple, couple hours because you got to get from yeah. Kazakhstan to Russia through the train. It's like four or five hours or something like that. Yeah. And then so we had to just hide in it because the only destination to get to Russia is through train 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 services. You know, you can't yeah. really like 
cross to or fly. Yeah, it's hard because it's such a big continent. That it's yeah, so tough. So you guys get to Russia, and then what? How long were you in Russia for? From 1999 till 2005 or four, and then I went to another Soviet country that is like Russia, but it has its own government and their own uh, state is uh, Belarus. Okay. I don't know. Where's that? It's like r- neighbors. It's like Eastern Europe. It's there's Russia, Belarus, and all the Litvi- Litvia, Lithuania. How long were Poland you in Belarus for five years too? Now, do they have a different language than Russian? Yeah, yeah, they do. Did it's, you have to learn Belarusian? Uh, I kind of didn't because it's it's funny. So Russia, like Ukraines, they all speak Russian, but they still have their own language. Yeah, Kazakhstan has their own language but they still all speak Russian. Tur- uh, Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, all these guys, although they have their own uh, like culture and system, they're all taught in the school system. I don't know what it is that with Russia that all the sister countries like around them, they all speak their language. So except Belo- Poland. Belarus speaks Russian. Now. Yeah, but they also have their own language. They yeah. were under USSR, but then they separated, but they still pay the dues to respect to speak Russian, you know, because yeah. people tr- uh, cross and travel around there. That makes sense. So what was what was growing up in Russia like? Uh, it was crazy. The So, like, the environment in Russia is crazy. They all, like, try to be the best species in the world from, like, living in there and, like, being around the Russian from the school system, training in the gyms to, like, how serious they take Olympics to just, like, everything, you know, like, them and China are like the w- two craziest countries that are very prideful. Like they're yeah. very, cause it's like dictatorship run. Yeah. Right. So it's like, there's a, there's a lot of like low class, middle class, but like they all strive to be like through hard work. Yeah. And like resilience. Yeah. That. And then, um, life conditions were tough cause we were immigrants and then they were, were like brown a little bit. So yeah. they used to call us like niggas and stuff. Yeah. It was bad dude. Like I, a lot of threats and like, People still don't believe me as much, but they're like skinheads. I don't know if you know yeah. what those like punk skinheads, like yeah. d- different tribes of those. So like if they ever see us lacking on the street, like as kids or grown people, they would just, just start attack beating you. you up, attack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, it was it was tough in the school too. It's like the reason why I kind of got into martial arts, it was like self-defense yep. in a way, because I was a little chubby, insecure yeah. kid, you know, going through like crazy stuff. And like, it's so hard. F- Cause we went to from Afghanistan to Russia to Belarus. We like uh, every time, everywhere we would go, we try to settle. We think life started and we had to reset and then go yep. back. You know what I mean? So it was tough. The biggest thing I, I take away from the gym, I think this would make sense because I've never seen it like that in North America. When I started training uh, Muay Thai in Belarus, yeah, is that when it started? Yeah, was Belarus? 2007 was my first competition, my first fight okay. I won. The teacher would make us do splits in b- before the class. Yeah. So there are like 100 students, 50, 50, 60 percent of them are pro. Like these are like professionals, get title fights, fight in Thailand. They, ha- they got their like name and there are other high level amateurs. Yeah. For the teacher, it didn't really matter. You come, you do your splits. You would have a flip flop. If, if one size of a flip flop goes in, he would smack you in front of everyone. Like he would lay, you lay down, belly down, you just smack the shit out of you, like on your butt cheeks, five times if the slip goes in, and and where's the flip flop going? So it's like you do a split, yeah, st- like standing, and then you're supposed to like lay flat, like not touch, uh, like there should be no space in between the ground, and then you split, 
in your stomach or like your no, nuts? No, under, underneath your legs. Like right in between your nuts. Yeah, There's so no like, space there. No, like right? Russians are very big in gymnastics, believe me. Yeah. When before you want to start hockey. So are you still that flexible? Can you still do a split? No, no, no. no. I used to get my ass beat too. And then yeah. what was amazing is like they were so disciplined and hardworking, crazy mentality that the pros would do the same classes as the amateurs, you know? Like there's, yeah. like they, they always all were back one. to the basics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was your, what was your least favorite part about Russia? Like the racism, the fighting, or what was your least favorite part about being there? God, uh, I think the least part about being there, just like the, I think the racism and all the trauma I faced a lot as a kid, you know, yeah. growing up, versing adversity, going through a lot of problems. What do you think like was the hardest adversity you had to face in your entire life? There. In your entire uh, life? Your whole life? I think being the being the oldest in the family and taking care of my family. A lot of it pressure. It took a lot of away from me, self-learning, yeah. like work. It, it took a lot of time from me so I could like go do me then i had to like serve be a servant to my family but i, I never regretted uh doing that because like loyalty runs deep for me yes you know and just how it is like this in your organization i've seen yeah. man it's it's loyalty runs deep for me so but what i figured is that you can't like teach someone how to walk you have to let them go eventually yes they'll keep falling keep falling keep falling and they'll start walking right yes but if you're there always with them teaching them how to walk they're gonna yep. be dependent on you absolutely that's one thing my old man always say when i used to verse adversity or like hard trip or used to give me some stuff to do yeah. and i would fail i'd be like listen like you got to be independable you know it's like what if i die tomorrow yes well, like, can you can you feed the family can you like take and care what did of he mom? do and you told me he, for work he would work out of like a shipping yard yeah it was like a bazaar so the bazaar in Russian was called uh, Cherkizovsky. Yeah. It's, it sounds weird. Eh? It's like yeah. Cherkizovsky. Ch 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 and it, what this bazaar was, it was like, a, it's like, a, I don't know, because I've never been to America like places a lot, but yeah. I would say like the size of downtown, maybe more longer, bigger. It's just like an empty land. And what it was, and now they turned that whole empty land after uh, into a multi-sports complex. They yeah. have hockey arenas, soccer fields, everything. Yeah, but yeah. before that, they would have like containers. Like when I mean containers, they're just like, like you know, the shipping containers. Absolutely. So they were just stacked. Yep. Maybe to up to the highest, it would go up to two, two or three. Yep. And then people would literally sell uh, stuff off. Uh, how can I say? It? Like they would just go to China, hustle, bring like bunch of wholesale anything you want anything you want an umbrella they have it phone cases they have it shoes from yeah. like not real nikes they have it you know yeah. it was just like from middle class you and low everything. class you could do you could get everything yeah and i used to go down there and hustle with my dad my dad started off like with nothing he didn't have a container and then slowly slowly he just built it off scratch bought one but bought another and i used to go a lot into the uh, market to work with him and that was like the crazy scene have you ever seen a chinese person speak russian no I don't think you've ever seen like no, but I, at the gym that I go to, the Tenth Planet, the there the Russian like the people there that do speak Russian look more Asian. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's Mong. I think that maybe they have Mongolian yeah, we or have something. That too. We have that too. If you ever go to Afghanistan or ever see like an Afghan, we have like some. Uh, they call it Hazara. Yeah, that's that ethnicity of like uh, Asian-looking Afghans. Hazara. Yeah. Right now they're actually under big threat in back home, like. Taliban's are going after them, ethnicity because they believe that they're not part of Afghanistan. It's just politics. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we have some Afghans that you look at, like, this guy's not Afghan, or yeah. you know what I mean? And he ends up being one. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess, what? how many hours was your dad working in the bazaar? 
Oh, it was just seven days a week. Like all like, day. There was no time off. Yeah, no time off. Man would wake up around 5 a.m. He didn't have a car. So he would uh, like take the transit and bus for an hour. Yeah. And then from there, he would work there to like six. It was like sun up, sun down. Yeah, sun up, so sun yeah. down, seven and days And the week. way up part of religion kind of plays, or I wouldn't say religion, culture, is like men usually work, women take care of kids. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time with uh, my mom. And I, would, I wouldn't trade it for anything. That was the I religion. so much how to be a man and like, you know. Just is the religion that your your family, your dad practiced, was it Muslim? Yeah. Now, is that when you, you do you stop and pray throughout the day? Five times a day. You're supposed to pray. Now, That's do you do that? Right now that I'm like fighting in full time and stuff, not working, yeah. Yes. I, you know, it's not like, I'll be honest, you know, I'm not a... Uh, I'm not a perfect person. So, like, if you miss a prayer, be. like, you don't get beat from family or anything like that? No. Uh, growing up, for us, a lot of times, it was in the Western countries. So, there was no place to go to a mosque. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was no... Uh, There's a lot around here. I yeah. I've seen people... Yeah. All, uh, like I've seen that a lot in Canada. In, a lot. Uh, in Russia, it would be... Scary. People kind of do low-key back in, like, 1990, 2000s. Because yeah. it was just, like... I don't know. They were yep. afraid people would like come and terrorize it. But when I came to Canada and I was just like, holy snap, like, you know what I mean? The yep. culture shifted in Canada. People were like religious clothes. Dude, if you were there in Russia, you would get shot in the head. Do you ever remember like, do you remember between 2001, 2003? I remember some stuff. Did anybody ever say anything wild to you? I had a, I had a comedian on and he was Muslim and he remembers like a lot of racism, like pretty much is, is immediately after 9-11. Like just people, yeah, like, I think, like calling him a terrorist. Yeah, I think one of the things that happened uh, in my class, me and this kid got into a fight, yeah. and then everyone kind of knew in the class I was a fighter. And so this but was I in wasn't Belarus. Like, yeah, in Belarus, I was yep. in school. I was in grade four, and then I fought with this kid, and then everything was cool, you know. Like we brushed it off. Kid took his loss. I was just like, yeah. okay, whatever. And the next day, my teachers like step uh, randomly, like one of our subjects, like step out of the room. Yeah. So when I stepped out of the room, and then the teacher was, uh, I'm like, first of all, why are you telling me to step out of the room when you're not like taking me to the, like coming with me? She's like, just step out of the room, I'll be there. So as soon as I step out of the room, I see this kid's dad with a dog. Yeah. And he's like, listen, like swear to my mom, he's like, listen, you nigger. Yeah. He's like, next time you touch my son, um, he's like, I'm gonna l make sure this dog leaves you boneless. And I was like. I was young. I was like 11, 12, and I'm like, holy snap, right? Yeah. And the whole idea of not snitching to your parents and, you know, yeah. like not saying anything and just like take it take it to the chain or whatever. I was just like all afraid because like I don't know how my parents would react Yeah. and how that might have caused something with like police. Or, I don't know. I was very afraid as a kid. And then that, and then there was another time me and my cousin were around and then there were skinheads seeing him. Uh, we were just walking around. He was wearing like opposition shirt. Yeah, yeah. Skin had seen him uh, with the shirt, and like they didn't want, they didn't, they couldn't beat up, beat him up because he's a little kid. So they just stripped him off and tell him to run home. Wow, dude, it was some crazy stuff. Like there was a holidays when like skinheads just created on i forgot what day was it they would all just get out in the city and everybody was it was like that movie what was it called purge or whatever yeah <laughs> Dude, it was like that that's nuts I, i'm not kidding yeah. i'm not joking it was not like a national holiday but everybody knew that this day yeah. i don't know what day was don't it. go outside don't go outside yeah my dad would not go like that was the only day my dad probably would take off yeah work. so why did you guys leave russia uh we're being denied to be citizens Okay. We're being denied to be citizens after. Is like, that the same reason you left Belarus? 
and then we went to Belarus, and we were in Belarus for five years, and we still got denied. Yeah. And then from there, my old man found a, um, one of his buddy that worked for UNICEF, and then he basically helped us to get into sign up for a sponsorship program to come to Canada. Okay. And then yeah, and then how's that work? That was that was sick. That was probably the best thing that ever happened that I came to this country, and I'm very grateful for it. And I'm grateful for two things: the the freedom that it provides, you know, yep. country uh, like North America, the freedom that it provides, and the um, opportunities. Yeah, opportunities that this country provides is, is like people out here after like living in Russia, living in Afghanistan a little bit, living in Belarus like and going through a lot of adversity people down in north america don't have real life fucking problems yeah no like you know what i'm saying like the least the worst comes to worst if i don't want to work i'll probably get like government you guys you, have, you guys have like government assistance yeah welfare. whatever like 500 yeah. 300 dude yeah, we got you can still make a good stamps. living off it you know yep. i'll be if i'll be smart i'll like be a little street smart get that money buy a gym membership go shower at a gym membership and still be a yep. hobo whatever like here government helps you in other countries you don't have freedom you have no choice you think if i was still in afghanistan i could be, probably chase my dream to be a professional mary fighter no yeah. bro my dad no. would be like yo we got a family to feed yeah you go to work you know yeah. there's no days off like do the women always have to wear yeah like what is they it call it hijab a hijab yeah okay yeah. so uh yeah it was it was just like it's part of the uh the woman's holy like, like just covering up not like i don't believe into some it all depends how extreme you are to your religion yep and can an afghan woman can a muslim woman marry outside of her religion it depends i mean if if you're it all depends on the culture and the family they would she technically get excommunicated no. from the family yeah. like you're cut off to, from the yeah. family they don't kill her though no right? they like, just cut off divorce okay. is bad to look up onto when we came down here we heard like oh yeah divorce like when he when he when he divorced in our country or like in the culture it's a very different look on. It's like, damn, like, it's like, it's pretty bad upon look on, you know, like on the man. Is and it the woman. still multiple wives? Yeah, it's very old school, though. Yeah. This is like, this is old. This is like 1960s, maybe we're talking, or maybe we, like, you know what I mean? That was like when it was booming. Now it's like, some do, some don't. Only maybe like the villagers kind of do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, and then uh, when we came to, before I was trying to, as soon as we're about to come to Canada, this I can never forget this day. We used to watch a lot of Home Alone, right? Yeah. So, and then like a lot of these American movies would never understand it, but we would just watch it because you could just connect by watching. Yeah. You don't have to understand. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, that was yeah. so powerful. So and then my husband's like, yeah, we're going to Canada, this and that. This is two weeks right before we're, we're, our plane ride is on. So they just yeah. told us. And then I'm like, and I just sat down. I sat down and I thought about like, like this American dream home, like, you know, how you all Americans have, like yeah. before when we watch a lot of American movies, kids would get up, get dropped off in a white yellow school bus right yep. in front of their house. They would get out, they would have good breakfast and like friends playing yeah. games and like the best toys. So we thought we getting the same thing. Yeah. So we, we thought like, yo, like we're going to go there. They're going to buy us a house every day. A yellow school bus is going to come pick us up. Mm -hmm. Dad's going to get a job. We're going to yeah, like, yeah. have a car and like yeah. this and that. And then I had like crazy high, stupid expectation. Like we're going to Canada, our life is being changed. Mm -hmm. And my first thing I came to, I, uh, first place we ended up staying, it was just one of these project houses. Yeah. I walk inside the elevator, I see piss on the, all over the elevator. <laughs> and right away I'm like, what the hell is this? Is this some GTA yeah. Grand Theft Auto game? Like, yeah, what, what, what are on? we doing? We came here for a better future. So it was, it was 
it's different, you know, when you live in those cap, uh, like when you live on the other side of the world where you think of another country yeah. and people down here, what they think about another country when you haven't been there or lived, you know? So, so it was like so weird, but it was just it always cracks me up. So how was the first year in Canada? Like, did you guys stay with another family? Like uh, it was tough. So we kind of were supposed to go to another city, but then called Regina is like the country. But then my dad had a friend there that met us in Toronto and says, no, I want to stay here. So then we had, there was some documentation issues. So we had to sleep in my dad's uh, friend's house for like a month mm. until our documentation. We had to like, mm. they had to bring our information back to Toronto. And we stayed in this Jane and Finch area. And I'm sure when people are going to be watching in Toronto, like they would understand how bad the neighborhood is. Like the projects, like probably the south side of Chicago. Yeah, the shootings and crazy dude. Uh, like like it's there, I didn't. Jane I thought, and Finch. I thought Canada was all like bacon and syrup. I didn't realize no, there were any bro, bad parts. No, this it's bad. If it's pretty bad, and then in Canada, like here, you guys have African American, right? Yeah, like kind of the same, but not really. Watch what I mean. In Canada, we got whole different type of African uh, African American. Like we got Jamaicans. Yeah, we got Somalis. You know, we got Trinidad, we got uh, Dominicans, you name it, every different, yeah. you know what I mean? And everybody ha every, every, everybody kind of knows different, like everybody kind of moves with a different culture, different sauce. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty cool. That's one thing I didn't see. That's the one thing I saw difference between America and uh, Canada. But then the air neighborhood we lived in was pretty rough. But we're like immigrants. We didn't know. So how long so did you live in that neighborhood? For like a, for like a month. And then we were so sick of it, bed bugs everywhere, biting yeah. us as kids. Like it was just one bedroom. It was a family of six, me, and then my dad's friend would sleep like in the yeah. kitchen. So like it was, it was pretty rough. And then we finally moved into our house, our f first week of our official own house. I would never forget this. We had no couches, no carpets. We yeah. literally slept on the, on the empty floor. Yeah. Like just dude, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing in the house. Maybe we'll go buy some food, take out. Like not even a blanket, not even a thing. It was just yeah. hard f uh, floor, wooden floor. And then it was like f a week where we're, we're living like that. And then because um, we we're waiting for the government to bring us couches and like, you know, yeah. beds and stuff. And then. So did the government put you guys in the house? Yeah, they helped us. No, okay. no, they helped us. They helped us. Okay. And then so anyways, one day my mom started crying one of those days when we had like we're sleeping on the floor and she's like oh my god you know like I, I hate this life and this and that and I looked at her I looked at her I was I think I was 14 I looked at her I said it's okay mom it doesn't matter if we don't have anything as long as like I'm, I'm just happy as long as we have our own home yeah I'm, I, I don't mind sleeping anywhere as long as we have because I was so tired of running to every country to country to country try to settle learn a system learn a language oh shit we're moving on you know what I mean yeah so finally when we came to Canada we're like, like, this is it. Like, yeah, we ain't yeah. gonna be bouncing a lot. And after that, we slowly kind of like just started from the bottom and then came up. You know, lived in a, in a neighborhood called Fleming Park, Flemington Park. It's another rough neighborhood. Projects. Yep. A lot of my friends and uh, I grew up there. I seen a lot of friends pass away, like you know, in 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 the gang and all the different stuff. I remember one time trying to run uh, my first year of living there. Try to run outside. And then everywhere in the neighborhood, it's the yellow tape blocked. You can't run, like you can't walk, you can go for yeah. So I had to go back home and do some push-ups or whatever. Yeah. It was like crazy. And then I grew up there. My parents still live kind of there. 
the reason why people still live there because that's like the central of immigration a lot of immigrants got dumped in that area and it's, it's very multicultural there's a lot of mosques there's a lot of communities there's just, yeah. just people kind of stick together you know no one wants to get out yeah and go involved and uh yeah so i just grew up there in canada went to school i started with no english they put me in grade eight middle school I'm going to class. It's like, dude, I don't understand what my teacher is saying. All wow. I know is math, one plus one. This is grade eight. Like, they're they teaching us science. I'm just sitting there like, dude, I'm out of it. Anyways, right after my grade eight year, I went straight to high school. And I was scared because I was just like, everybody's like, was so intimidated, you know? Because yeah. in Russia, you, you, you graduate from one school from like grade one to grade 12. Yeah. Right? So me going to high school, different high school and... I grew up there, and then it was tough my first couple of years. But in, thank God, in my neighborhood, there were a lot of Afghans, a lot of African immigrants, immigrants, Im people from Pakistan, India, Sri Lanka, uh, Somalia, Ethiopians. Like it was just a crazy multicultural school. Yeah, I, was, I lived in, in the neighborhood, and then I just uh, made friends, you know, and then just kind of grew up in, uh, in in the high school, started playing sports, but then I still. I started my first fight 2007 in Belarus. So when I came to Canada, I was looking for a gym to train. Yeah. I was looking for a gym to train. And then finally, f we found this uh, a gentleman named by Zubair Khan, one of my great mentors. And uh, uh, we just started training there. And then I used to go to his gym. He just started his gym really new. He had like hard carpet. It was yeah. so hard to train, bro. Like skip on a hard so carpet. So did you, with all your training that you did in Russia, did you find yourself a lot better than the kids? In when Canada? I came here, yeah. Yeah, because I was just around, like, demons. Yeah. Dude, like, Russians are different. Uh, like, to this day, they still do old school stuff, but they do it like they love it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we're doing some neck bridges stuff. Where, like, it was just crazy. It was just, like, super simple fundamentals, but, like, just guys would, like, they just, I don't know what it was. People didn't have a lot in Russia, like, where I grew up, but... With what they had, they made something out of it. They never complained. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas here, we we have everything. We have all the resources. Yeah. But we still complain. They're like, oh, life is hard. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There are people just, they know they, they don't have money. Their parents can't send. They just, so they just go fight. And then just, you know what I mean? And yeah. then just fight and make a career out of it and do it 100%. So. And then once I graduated high school, I played a lot of football sports, rugby. Yeah, I was going to ask if you played any other sports. I played football, rugby. I was on both the high school teams and then volleyball a little bit, but I was like a sub. I wasn't really like good at it. I was just as athletic. And then after playing a lot of f sports team, I was like, shit, I hate losing. Yeah. Because our team wasn't that good. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? If I want to lose, I want to take the blame. Yeah. But I was still doing kickboxing. So and then after I graduated high school, I just went, kept fighting. And then um, kept fighting slowly. Had Like I was, I won a title at one. One thirty nine point seven. I was like the best in our province in state. Yeah. And then uh, when I won that title, and then uh, I was one. I was I was one of the best in my weight classes in Canada back in the days. But then just because I didn't have a passport to come to U.S. because U.S. a lot of had more organizations, more tournaments, yeah. more competitors. Everybody would go to states to fight, and then I couldn't. I had uh, like I couldn't get a passport, so that I lost love for the sport for like two years. I quit. When did you when did you fight on the same in the same arena as Israel? Uh, that was 2018. Still highlight of my day. I talk about it, and I lost that night. So where did you, where was that? That was in uh, that was I fought for Team Canada in 2018. So when did you move to PA then? 
I moved to PA in June of last year, 2021. 2020. So you, you've been in Canada since 2014 till 2021? I've been in Canada from 2009. 2009. Till like... 2021. Yeah, 21, yeah. Okay, and so you probably haven't even been back since. No, I couldn't. I'm, I'm working on my visa. I'm just so, I'm just married to the game now, yeah. you know? Like I've, 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 I've so do you stay with a time. friend in PA or I stay alone at my spot. I, I live sp- in so the gym. So, okay. So I was going to say, so do you, then you stay at the math factory? Yeah, I stay at the math factory. Yeah. It's okay. pretty, that's it's pretty dope. cool. Yeah. That's you know, well, like, I mean, I stay here pretty much. Yeah. yeah it's good. I mean, I I'm, I'm so grateful to be a part of that yeah. thing. And, uh, the best, that was the best thing that happened. I came to PA to fight only twice because yep. the COVID thing, again, Canada sucks. So all the fights were canceled. People were masked up. America, yeah. a little freedom. People were still fighting. Fights were going, promotions. Yeah. So like, you know what? Uh, one day my coach called me because he came to PA to Math Factory to with a couple of our like fighters, like our clique. We had a small clique. Yeah. And then um, they went. I stayed at home because I was I was I used to work as a plumber, uh, the union plumber. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. I did I did five years in, uh, ca- five in years, Canada. Uh, in Canada, yeah. Okay. I used to do five years. Uh, I did five year apprenticeship. I'm still like I left off work. I still have a pension and yeah. all this stuff, and I'm grateful for it. They always supported me from a fight, sponsored me like five thousand each fight, which that's, is like whoa, crazy, yeah, dude. It was crazy, and it's the plumbers union. Yeah. They're like all uh, nationwide, even in America. Yeah. If I'd like to work, but anyways. I was just working and he called me one day from work and he just gave it to me. He just yeah. straight up gave it to me. He's like, listen, kid, like you think you got a time. You're like 25 at that time. I was or 20, 25. It's like, you think you got time, but like you don't like think this thing's going to slip away. You're so talented. Stop like, wasting your time. I'm here. Let's come. Let's get a couple of fights. Let's just get this ball rolling. Nothing's yeah. going at home. And after that, I came home. That was after training. And then I came home and I told my mom, yeah. I'm going to Pittsburgh. Literally day of. What made so what made you come to Pittsburgh? Uh my coach, Evan Boris. But I've uh, also I didn't mention this. I visit PA Math Factory once in two thousand nineteen. I just came to down because my Evan uh, coach used to coach Dominic uh, Mazzotta, one of like really good bantamweights, like a Pittsburgh legend down in uh And he uh, trained MMA. In Math he did Math Factory, but then he met my coach and uh uh, Florida, Sanford MMA, where Usman Kamaro, Mike Chandler, and them train. Okay. So Dominic uh, used to train there, and my coach used to be one of the assistants. So do you still train striking right now? Yeah. So how so. do you do that if if Evans in uh, Canada? Fundamentals, dude. You got to stick to basics. So he just you had you I mean? rep the basics. Yeah, and I just then always do you send a video or. Yeah, we. I mean, he gives me homework. I do it. Send them videos, and I also work. I found another coach down here. His name is Phil Ameris. Yeah, I work from Matt Factory. If, no, he's from TKD Ameris. He's one of my uh, best buddies down here. So me and him kind of like. Is he in Pittsburgh? He's in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. where do you get work in with him? Does he come to the Matt Factory? Like? Uh, Matt Factory is like five minutes away from his gym, so okay. we just go to his gym once, twice a week, and okay. he gets some work in, and he corners me to my fights. He's pretty well experienced in the kickboxing area. So, have you taken your pro card yet? I'm going to hopefully this by end of the summer. But what I'm doing right now is is I have about forty kickboxing fights. Mm-hmm. But then I could turn pro. I feel like, and hear me this, um, I got to respect the game. You know, it's like, imagine if I come to your job, like I get licensed, right? Yeah. And then I just, just like, don't respect the game. Don't know if like how to read scripts properly, how to close like leads or this, that. So it's like, there's so much of like, you got to respect every little single thing. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I just like, I feel like with MMA, that's what it is. And people in Russia that's my perspective because I live there and, and like seeing pro levels here. People down here f- 
compete a little bit of a little bit of amateur like they go four and all whatever and then boom they fight locally get a belt you know and then they, they they get a belt and then they get happy and then they turn pro without like so much least uh, uh experience turning here pro in mma or any other sport is normal mm. back in russia you had to earn that thing right in russia their amateur people amateur fighters in any organization they don't get belts never mm -hmm. psychologically that always messes up with their fighters they will always award them with medals why do you think olympics doesn't give you belts people down here be you know what i mean it's a medal yeah. you know what i mean and then uh when i came down here and what i saw in there it's like people don't respect the game much like there's a lot of greats greats like vasily lemachenko uh one of i think one of the greatest boxers arguably like top five maybe in my top five but he had 361 361 amateur fights and one lost and that one loss that he lost be he beat, went and beat the guy four or three times again uh him and there's a lot of other elites like mike tyson or not even uh that just talking about like maybe some other israel adesanya has about 40 kickboxing fights yes he respected the game he didn't fought the big dogs right like you know what i mean in, right at the beginning he respected the game and turn prone and slowly 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 made up his way so that's one thing i don't feel like people think it's easy people so think it's so you want to go pro in mma though yeah so how many mma amateur fights do you have i have about three three and all right now i had okay. two fights fall apart which sucked because i had to like pay for my nutritionist yep. and pay for my like medical since i'm from canada you know he costed me like about five six hundreds of dollars for each fight and then Thank God, I'm so grateful that I have people believing in me, sponsors and yep. uh, like mentors and people. So I kind of got that, those costs covered without getting hurt, but still, yeah. like, you know, you're losing money. You lose time. Yeah, time, time is money. and money. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. I actually signed recently, not recently, this summer, I deal with first round management. And I feel like that's like the biggest thing. First round management was huge. They're like uh, a management company that manages NFL players. Yeah. Uh, college uh, athletes football okay. i believe and then majority in the ufc and yeah. mma and bellator and then jorge masvidal yeah yeah guys like cody law and like who's your favorite ufc fighter currently currently uh and i say time. adesanya because you know it's what about all, all time also uh all time yeah <sighs> i have three guys i have anderson silva yeah, i love anderson silva. uh uh israel adesanya has to be one of them yeah and then i would say john jones Oh, you know what's funny? My, I never knew John Jones was like. Uh, uh, I thought he was a rest, uh, striker the whole time. That's how. That's how good striking yeah. he had. I never knew he was a wrestler until like a couple of years down the road. I'm like, shit, yep. that guy was a wrestler. Like, I got into UFC pretty much right around the same time. I was watching the fight at Buffalo Wild Wings uh, when Anderson Silva broke his uh, leg. He got that leg check from Quick. Yo, Lightning. that was that was sad. Devastating. I was crying at home. Ronda Rousey. That's when she was on fire. Yeah. She armbarred somebody that night, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. She's on fire. That There's a guy that teaches Ronda Rousey uh, grappling, jiu-jitsu, and all the other stuff. His name is Joe Flo. Yeah. You got to check it out if you're in jiu-jitsu. This dude is sad. Where's he out of? Cali. Cali? He gets, I is feel he like he, he's the or? main reason why Ronda's success was just crazy. Because all those throws, armbars, he was the guy that was teaching. Yeah, him. she would set everything up he's into like, like an armbar. Olympic level... Uh, a judo black belt yeah he's on olympic she team. was a judo black belt yeah remember? and then yeah she was and then this uh, joe flow is a judo i like black judo belt. side control kind of like the scarf side control where i you love sit the up i love the throws sometimes in the cage yeah you know like with the underhook yeah because like especially because when you're up on the cage you're trying to hip in so they don't like throw you mm -hmm. know what i mean like get up in that's the main reason like why that. i wanted to learn mma and i moved down to pa 
I don't want to be like have a weakness in my game. You yeah. Know? Like I want to be a. F- I don't want to be like people be like, hey, that guy's a striker. So I'm targeted. It's like, yeah. oh, chase his legs, take him down. Right? I want to be like a full-on martial artist. Yeah. You know, if like if, if sometimes sometimes you're not gonna have fights go your way. You know, some guy's gonna take you deep waters yep. with him, and then see if he could swim. So it's yeah. like a lot of these guys are gonna test right away. My yeah, exactly. So it's a lot of guys that are gonna test out my wrestling. So over these past nine months, I've seen like you've probably got incredible the, power, the law of attraction, the environment you surround yourself with, how like how you think who you are like who you are around all the time you know that thing says if if you chill around like yep four yeah four broke people you're gonna be the fifth yeah and i think a lot of this goes to uh i give credit to my coaches at like uh isaac Greeley. yep such an amazing is he the best person you've ever rolled with one of the best i I still have a hard time i only took him down once in like this whole year (laughs) that was like a month ago or so and I got so happy, dude. I was like, it's like a kid in the park. Like, yeah. It was so happy. I, I finally took, he's crazy. He's so good. And uh, he helped me so much. I literally came down here, fought after two amateur fights. My, my progress was so fast that I was just addicted yeah. to my progress of like learning wrestling and like marrying the game and like finally living by myself alone, yeah. going through a lot of these sacrifices, still coming into the top. And he kind of just like give me, a, uh, helped me out with the place literally right off the gym. And then, like, uh, hooked me up with, like, he's just been helping me out so much, mentoring me, teaching me about the game, taking me sometimes with him to Bellator. Yep. And then uh, watch to watch Cody Law, one of his fighters, that yep. you know. And I like Cody a lot. I think he's going to be a great fighter. And, uh, yeah, just, like, just like taking me under his wingman, it was one of the best things that I've ever what, uh, what's your like game experience you know because grow, growing up i didn't have like i had father but it was hard because we didn't connect yeah he was just there to feed us yeah so having a father figure like him man it's such a blessing it's yeah, like absolutely. simon for you yes. you know i can see yes. that connection with you guys now what's your game like in jujitsu like what do you like to do that just, uh, i like more front headlock stuff yeah like, you know yeah like uh just anything like from waist above i'm getting a little better yeah. with like uh leg locks i'm trying to get into that world like again i want to be complete you know what i'm yeah, saying absolutely. i just don't want to have it but right now like I, I got a little good better of like taking someone down now i'm yeah. not afraid I, i'm so very confident to take are someone you a down. purple belt or no a blue belt blue belt i got okay. my blue belt this uh this year it was pretty cool good. it was sick after like three years yeah of, uh, three and a half three years of doing it i got yeah. my black uh blue belt black blue belt that's the goal yeah blue belt from isaac and that was pretty good yeah that was pretty that's cool, a like good his. blue belt and then and, and then like when I when I when I got it, and uh, I remember telling myself, I'm like, oh damn, I got my blue belt, like, and then I literally told this, said this to myself, I'm like, no stupid, I earned my blue belt. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's so Have sick you when you earn something. A uh, couple of times, yes, but yeah. uh, I try to keep it no gi for MMA. Yeah, you know, and then maybe once I retire and yeah. get old, maybe I'll just put on a gi and then see what it feels leave, like. Leave that for me to discover. Yeah. For like later on There's when I'm so tired, you know what I mean? Ski. Like it's it's crazy. So yep. it's a little different, but I don't mind it. I like the grips and stuff. Yeah. But I like no gi. Could just translate the. I try to do gi once a week. That's sick. Yep. But I'm not MMA. So, but mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna get. I think I wanna get. Probably it really corresponds for me for the business. You know, once the business is at a another level, then I want to start to incorporate more of the strike game because Simon got me into a little bit of the strike game. Mm-hmm. But I mean, really, the only thing I was working on was you know. The one two, you know yeah. what I mean? Simon, Simon, I boxed Simon's a little bit good. as a kid. You, you know? did, eh? A little, like a little bit, a couple months, half a year. Still good. My uh, dad was just real big in Little Rock, Arkansas, because our 
he was huge into boxing. I think he boxed himself. I don't know. Well, you're but from like, do you, you were born here? Where born, yeah, born here, born in Little Rock, Arkansas. Nice. And uh, his, uh, you, you're not familiar with him, but some people might know who Jermaine Taylor is. And him I, and Kelly Pavlik. I heard about him a lot from Mike Tyson's podcast. Him and Kelly Pavlik had huge. Kelly Pavlik is big. Yeah, they, yeah. Had, they had a huge bout. And, you know, my essentially he's like family. Jermaine Taylor's like family. I remember boxing with him. And, Sick, uh, dude. Yeah. That but deep. I was a kid. I was six, seven years old, and remember being in the gym, you know, my dad working with them, and they're just that's like. Sick, man. But I mean, that's how that's how black people are. We say everybody's family, so I, I don't know how <laughs> legit. Sick, I don't know how yeah. legit family he is, but I can I can still I think I can think now of like how much my eyes have been open to jujitsu, with like how much I don't know, just makes me realize like I thought striking usually was just more of like a you just work on it and you'll mm -hmm. get really good. Like kind of like, kind of like playing UFC or like on Xbox, just pl press enough buttons. You'll be the shit out of something. That was the main reason why I started doing more attack. Cause I've been doing striking for about like 14 years. Yeah. So I wanted to do something new to, to get back into that. Yeah. White, uh, uh, white belt mentality every yes. day. Do you know oh, what like I'm saying? I like I needed no my ego crush. I needed my ego crush. I need to go back there and like, learn you know don't yeah. be, don't run away from my problems learn yeah. it so it was pretty cool my, i think my first experience of like wanting to do ufc was uh um one of my friends stan pavlovsky is like a big uh tech guy there in the tech world yeah yeah he works and then for, for this company called retriever i believe yeah pretty big company uh uh and his boss is my he's, he's like a million like millionaire like he's yeah, a pretty yeah. wealthy guy and he was my he was my first millionaire friend wow. that i like and got introduced to yeah and then uh, stan kind of introduced me to him and we became very good friends and yeah. then we started watching every ufc fight wow. in his house yeah and he used to have a uh a, a condo up at four seasons uh residency yes. dude dude in toronto like right yeah in a in expensive area so when i would always go to his house dude i would get goosebumps I'd yeah yeah like, hey, and back then uh, he's always, it, it, he gave me the vision, vision. he gave me the vision so one day stan calls me he's like yo uh i uh he's like i uh, jason's gonna call you and uh he's like i can't make it but go that's all he said yeah and then jason calls me and he's like hey bobby uh you want to go to a ufc event and i was just like yeah and then he's like all right cool tomorrow night uh come in we're gonna get a rental and then we'll go Meet me at my place at nine. So it's like, it's like perfect, cool. I and as I was about to go to sleep, he messages me. I was like, fuck it, we're not gonna drive. We're gonna fly. Yeah, yeah. So, so and then I was like, oh, okay, perfect. Right, right. in the whole time, I'm just still like excited, but like so like, how, like why is this guy like you know taking me? You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. This guy could have so much different rich friends. Like yeah, you know what I mean. And then, so and anyways, we I came up to his house. Uh, I came up. We Ubered down to an airport in the city. It's one. Uh, there's one airport called the uh, Billy Bishop. It's right in the uh, Toronto's island. Like there's an island. The it lands on the island, and then you get like a ferry and like tunnels to go to the city. But you can see the whole skyline of Toronto. It's pretty sick. So beautiful. I'll show the pictures wow. to you after. And then uh, we went there, private jet. To Ottawa, and this place was like another state, another city. Yeah, it's yeah. like the capital of uh, Canada, and a capital city. And then it was like, I think four hour, three hour drive. But then this guy just we just flew for forty five minutes. Yeah. And then and then we got we got there. Next thing you know, we Ubered to my thing. This guy the, he got me a presidential uh, room, like suite for me and for him. I was like, that's crazy. This guy just wants to like get me a room. That was pretty cool. And then we went to the UFC, and then. Uh, 
we literally sat in the front row first yeah. run front front row and i'm just like looking at it which and then, and then who's, goes, who was the main card uh donald cerrone against al quinta wow that was the card and then the main the co-main event Cerrone's was got a good kick game dude it was sick the, the, what's what's his kick does it he he's like a, a good muay thai body, yeah right? he's like a good muay thai he, he has a good muay thai. He, he can throw good head kicks yeah. he's got a lot of yeah he has he has the good combination from hands to feet yeah he trains with one of good uh american kickboxers his name is joe schilling Okay, that sounds yeah. very familiar. Joe Schilling, he's from uh, Los Angeles. He's like yes. a very good kickboxer. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, once I went there, UFC, we just sat down, and I'm like looking at it, and then uh, like I see, I see not from a TV aspect how great and this and that. I just sit as a, a spectator, and it's not run like TV. It's yeah. not just like boom, 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 like they're on it. There's breaks, and you can see like how the production's running, and like the screen comes, like whatever fighters walk out. And I looked at it, and I said, dude, like this is nothing special. Those yeah. guys in the cage, if you cut them up there, they're gonna bleed red. Yeah. It's nothing blue. Like, if they could do it, I could do it too. When I seen some of uh, UFC guys striking, not to say I'm so good at it, but I seen it and I said, damn, like, I think I'm a little better striker, but if only I could learn this wrestling game, yeah. I'll be dominant. Like, I, I, could, I could hang in there. And I got the inspiration from Adesanya as he was yeah. fighting and coming up. He's so precise. So good, man. So Who do you think is more precise, him or John Jones? Technically, I think I'm more uh, uh, Adesanya. What if from you like compare f- compare from the same age though? Jones got a little bit of seasoning on him now. I think Jones was better at finishing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. He might have not looked super technically. He still got the job done. Made it not maybe a spinning elbow, not like precisely looking better. Yeah, spinning. But he got the finishes. I feel like at the sign is just more like a sick chest point fighter. Yes. Maybe recently he just started knocking I don't know. guys he, out. But he finished Paula Costa. Yeah, that was good. No, like one of those kind of like. Do you think cooks. he was actually drunk, or you think he really caught him? It's just excuses, man. You know. Yeah. It's maybe he did, maybe he did not. I don't know how, how it goes. But then, when you lose, you just got to take it to your chin. You, you think know, he's on from. like performance enhancement, like Paula Costa? Dude, I hear, like, I heard, I heard, I heard a lot of UFC podcasts from UFC fighters claiming that there's still people cheating the system. There is. There absolutely they, has and then to there, be. And then there's some people are you could you say, can buy so from from my understanding and studies of like medicinal explanations from like doctors it's bad here you can biologically get steroids to match like your your dna whatever whatever the terminology is so then it's just like a oh his levels are just naturally higher it made me realize that there's levels to this doping game oh fuck yeah when i watched the documentary i cyrus about russian russian russians doping in the olympics oh yeah i didn't watch the documentary but i mean watch it like Anybody that's watched There's a Rocky. whistleblower. They, they caught the whistleblower, like the guy that runs the whole scene behind. They killed him. No, he ran away. He came to America. He got saved. They granted him a visa. Yeah. And then all the guys that work for him, they all got the shot and dead. Putin yeah. killed him. Well, I would imagine Rocky Four is probably hated in Russia. Mm-hmm. They probably like, yeah, you're they, probably not allowed yeah. to watch Rocky Four in Russia. Yeah, it's 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 different too. Like, it's, it's, it's. They it's probably like made they, their they own. It's, True Russians that live there, they don't that are not Westernized, that they have jobs, get to travel or travel. Yeah, there, they don't like American much. It's like no. Russia versus America everywhere. Olympics, through everything. Well, I talked them. to this Russian girl and she said like, it's just a very proud country. Like not very proud, almost on like the borderline. Yeah, like egotistical. But I think I would rather have an aggressively proud country than an aggressively soft, like submissive, take whatever you want type of country. Yeah, I, I feel like. 
they say never hate the experience that shaped you who you are today. Yeah, absolutely. And I went through a lot. If of If I had difficult. to go to war, I'm taking. I'm taking like, like, like if I had to go to a man on man war, I'm taking the Russians. Mm -hmm. It's 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 pretty crazy. Like think about like um, Russians. Like it's crazy. I feel like when I traveled uh, since I lived in Russia and when I went to fight in China, I was there for like uh, 10, 11 days. Yeah, that was pretty. It's like, dude, it's like similarity. Everybody, all the humans down there, they want the best pieces in the world. They just yeah, yeah. want to be the best. Like it's us American against the world. And, uh, no, I mean like the like the like Russia in general. Yeah, like how it's like they're very like driven. Their people. culture. It's their their culture. culture. When it I was in school in grade one, we had eight subjects in one day. In grade one, two, yeah. three, four. And then one of this, it was weird subject. One subject, it was just drawing art. Next subject was memorizing poems. You know what I mean? And, and it was math. And then it was history. It was all about Russian war and how they beat and they defeated everyone. And they came yeah. on top and so many other things. And I just, studied Joseph Stalin. Oh, yeah. Growing up. I, I, did a, I had to it's do crazy, a research report on did. Joseph Stalin and Adolf Hitler. And I believe Stalin had killed more people than Adolf Hitler. I don't know where the I'd like to verify with the podcast guy, but I'm pretty sure Joseph Stalin killed more people yeah. than Adolf Hitler. Be and very similar like strategies. You're right a little bit about that because there was no time in Russia. People couldn't cover that a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? You would get assassinated. If, if there was no that time. And they're so loyal to their country that Dude, they don't care. Loyalty runs deep. Like he's they Habib in them. You know what I mean? Just, now, he, is he technically Russian or it's Dagestan? Dagestan. Dagestan. Is that, a, is that a, like a sister country? They were a sister country, but they're now part of Russia now. Now, does he love Russia? They have Russia? their own la language, but they speak Russian. Does he love Russia then? He's part of Russia, yeah. So, do, But like, does I never really seen him pro Well, like, he always reps it's Dagestan. It's usually his religion. Dagestan. He, Dagestan, his, his religion, religion and that Muslim, mountain yeah. he grew up on. Yeah, that's Dagestan, his area where he just grew up. Just imagine growing up in, in a village. It's crazy, On man. a mountain it's and crazy. everybody just rides bears. You know what I mean? You don't have cars. Your transportation is just a bear. It's like, hey, let me go over and wrestle your bear. It's crazy, <laughs> man. It's it's people have it way harder than you know. Like I every love, day, every imagine day. going there for training camp. Just like just going there for a, like six six week training Habib camp. Habib has his like, own school in uh, Dagestan where he lives. He built like a multi. You know who's school. coming up? That th is it his brother Islam Machev yeah. Machachev. Ma uh, is that his brother cousin? Cause, uh, you know how you just said that about that boxer friend? They said that was family. Yeah, that's how it is. That's how, yeah, that's that how it is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he look. They look identical. Yeah, they do. What well, I don't know what it is. They lo they lock. They'll when they they'll get on top game and they'll lock. They do like a triangle. Yeah, body right like above a leg triangle. Uh, yeah, right Habib above the knees. That. And I don't know. Like it's almost like these people. I'm like, you know, they're gonna do like. There's gotta be something where you can get out of that. Like we know what they're gonna do. They're gonna do that fucking that that leg triangle right above the knees. Just ground and pound on you until you give up your back, and then you're gonna get rear naked choked. It's it's pretty crazy. You watch the uh, interview where Peep is like talking about Charles Xavier and Islam. He's like, "Hey, we're going to fight Charles. We're going to sit on this guy like a horse, ride him like a horse." And that's that position he means, like the yeah. body, uh, the leg triangle that he kind of. He's like, "We're gonna ride him like a horse, and then take the belt, and then and, and then it was just funny." Well, he gave then, up the belt. Because he missed weight. Miss weight, yeah. That was a lot of shady stuff. A lot of shady shit. I feel like that's, that's what I'm afraid of a lot. When I started signing with my management, finding up the the pros and cons of the sport. Yep. From the management aspect of it, how nice and good they make it sound. But then and then who, you start who going through the paperwork, the yeah. percentages, who yeah, gets what. Yeah, dude, it blew, blew my mind. It's like, dude, I'm the one getting the cage, there sacrificing. Should be a, there should be a fighter's union. 
Yeah, people came with up with it. Remember, they came up with the fighters' union with T.D. Dillashaw was the face. I think I don't. Uh, I, Jake Paul's made like and then kind of blew, uh, broke up. But then it's hard, dude. It's hard. It's so hard. I feel there's like so much money. There's that not goes a lot of it. unity in America with fighting no. and stuff like that. In every, Russia, maybe. I think sadly, and it's not sad. It's needed. But every fighter, it's a dog eat dog world. So they're all out for themselves. The best thing I've learned about pension benefits retirement plan is once i joined the union because you pay into that yeah do you know what i mean so yep. it's like oh pension this and that i'm like what i need a pension i'm yeah. good you know and then i'm working with a guy that's been in the union for like 40 years done plumbing as a kid like you need pension like i kind of got a little educated yeah and that made me realize everything in life happens for a reason you got to take the good and then move move away to bad so that's one of the biggest thing of when i joined the union i was like damn like there's yeah. a little future you know even Absolutely. if it's like a little nine to five or whatever there's a little future into it and when I was working uh, in as a plumber, so my day would start at uh, 4.30 a.m. I would wake up. Uh, my lunches used to be prepped. Sometimes I used to prep him. Sometimes my mom would help me with like yeah. chicken, but rice and veggies, I would just chop them up, put them up. I would start at 5, 4.30, uh, get out of my house at 5.30, drive to work 15 minutes to downtown. I was very close. And then I'll get to work, start hard labor, 6.30, maybe 6 a.m., yeah. depending on wh where we, where the job site was. It's hard labor, bro. And and then we would work like I remember drilling up to concrete on the ceiling and like not having safety glasses and like that's the worst when you're when you're doing type eye. of construction. And Dude, it's it made me eyes. realize a lot. And then from the construction, I would finish uh, training. I would finish work at three thirty in the middle of a traffic. It's like Chicago traffic. I would literally drive to Niagara Falls because yep. that was Niagara Falls. I used to train at this gym called Niagara Top Team. And they used to be very heavy wrestling school. I used yep. to do a lot of research before I would go training with someone. Yep. Stock them up, listen, oh, yeah. see how they are. I'm a very stats guy, numbers, what does he do? So I used to follow this guy. He opened his gym in Niagara Falls, Chris Perquette, my first wrestling coach, sick guy. Yep. He And then uh, and then I used to drive from 3.30 till, uh, to 5 o'clock to practice, but then the traffic would be so bad, I would always be late yep. to practice. You know how it is? This, yeah. Imagine it's like... You put in a, such a messed up situation yourself yep. that you just you want it bad, but then your actions, your circumstances affect your actions, and your actions are not like showed who you really are. Because I would show up and, and you always give me shit like, oh, you don't want this kid, and he was right, right? Then that 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 his his pressure kind of made me force and question myself what I want to do. To so, anyways, I would leave three thirty work in the rush hour traffic, just like yeah. gunning it, dude get to gym 5.30, train wrestling or sparring. Yep. MMA finished by like 7.30 shower, leave at 8, get home at 10 p.m., literally eat breakfast. Sorry, eat dinner. <laughs> breakfast. Jesus Christ. Eat, eat, Jesus eat dinner, God. eat dinner, and then fall asleep by like 11, 30, 12, and then repeat, repeat. And yep. then eventually, I just like stop myself. I'm like, and then I was just like, dude, yep. this is like, I'm lying to myself. Like I'm not yep. doing what I love. You know, yep. and then when I went to when I came to pay, I found that love. When once I found the addiction and the love, and yep. I was happy with the, that. Even if I don't get paid, if I still train, train all day long and teach or whatever, I'm I'm happy with life. You know what yeah. I mean? Like before, before I made that decision to fight fully, I was at uh, at war with myself and at peace with the world. Yes. Now I am at peace with myself. That's and how I war with the world. That's why I love. You know what I'm I saying? I love studying Bruce Lee, dude. So it was just like now it's like I'm so much at peace with myself. Yep. It's like so much belief, so much work, and like you know, like like I'm very positive now, and like because I found 
myself like i found my identity you know what i mean yep like uh, growing I up think I, a, I read a really good book sun tzu are the art of war yeah it's pretty know, sick. and and i think people don't realize and take into consideration that there's nothing wrong with being uh a dominating type of individual as long as I, I actually i think to really simplify it i think it's you should be a warrior in a garden that's, that's, that's so it doesn't sick. need it doesn't need to it doesn't need any further explanation I'd rather get caught with it than caught without it. And I'm a white belt in every aspect. I I realize I'm a white belt in every aspect of fighting just because I'm in Mm jujitsu now. And I'm a white belt in jujitsu. And it's because you might be this black belt street fighter in your town. But just realize there's 8 billion fucking people out there. Yeah. And just because you're the best in your town, like I'll I'll choke everybody out in this office. Mm -hmm. But I go to 10th Planet right down the road, 10 minutes. There's nobody there I can beat. The girls give me a hard time. That's how, like, dog... Crushes your ego. Yeah, like, if I'm going to beat a girl at 10th Planet, I'm going to have to use my man strength. Yeah, dude, you know what I mean? Like, first time when I f- got into wrestling right? yep. and then jiu-jitsu, like, there would be some bad days because I used to train with pro uh, uh, fighters down at Niagara Top Team, and then I would get hurt with, like, beat up with small gloves. I would, like, wrestle, lose bad, get embarrassed. Some days I would go home crying, like yeah. a grown-ass man. But yes. I was tw- 23-year-old, and I'm, like, eh, like going to I the car, like, crying. I remember starting rolling with Simon. Sometimes even questioning myself, like, hey, like, is this what I want to do? Yep. Like, why am I torturing myself? Yep. You know? Simon introduced me to jiu-jitsu, and you know Sick, him. man. He brought Dylan Weston once. Oh, that guy. And I, Dylan's my roommate. He lives upstairs, and I live downstairs. Yeah, so so I'm I'm rolling with Simon, and he brings Weston. We brought Rasta and all these guys, and you know I'm cool with like I know Simon's gonna beat me, and I, I'm looking at Weston. I'm like I gotta at least last with this guy, and he and he was he just as good. <laughs> yeah, he was just as good, and I I, I leave. I, I'm 18, 19 years old, and I leave there just like so upset with myself. I'm like, man, I wrestled for a year, two years in Western PA. I gotta be able to like last with these guys. And I'm basically in tears. I'm basically crying. Like that's so, one thing so I find about angry. Western Western PA. It's like the little Dagestan of uh, America. Oh my god! Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like in Canada, so we don't have NCAA qua, uh, like wrestling or like this whole NCAA. League. I can name three in, in Canada, just from my area. That's sick. Bro. Luke Pletcher, Mickey Phillippe, Cameron Coy, Spencer Lee. Spencer Lee. All of Jeez. them. All talk within forty five minutes of my high school. Talk about him winning uh, NCAA with no two ACLs. Torn ACLs. Oh yeah, my god, two torn insane. It's insane. And now that I'm like getting used to training a lot and seeing what the high level of wrestling is, like it makes me appreciate this Absolutely. art more and respect it. You know what I mean? How's your nutritionist helping you? How long have you my had my nutritionist uh, is uh, very great. I got into nutritionist game in 2019 so are they in canada or are they no here? i had one in canada now that i moved here i had to change it you have it one hard. in pittsburgh uh she uh, her name is tracy uh, yep. Lomb- and then her she works with the lombard nutrition and then uh in pittsburgh do, and no she lives in cali i believe but she's like okay. remotely does she work with online. fighters yeah a lot okay. of fighters so does it help has it helped you yeah i feel like i'm a fighter you know yeah the way we trained the way the way we're like produced is we're just Spartans. We just know how to fight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. just know how to fight. We That's all we do, bro. We spend three months in a gym for one moment of our life or 15 minutes in a cage. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when it comes to nutrition, and when you, as you're fighting, you get in the training camp, that's the last thing you ever want to stress about. They used to yeah. stress about what am I going to eat? Am I going to cut weight? What like, do you I find? Didn't, I didn't trust Do you track your sleep or do you track... Your heart rate, recovery. Yeah, I take recovery very seriously. I t- like I took, I, I learned that a lot in two thousand. You have like a whoop, or what do you? I, I actually recently, 
uh, ordered a Whoop watch. Yep. I le- uh, learned it from a Rogan podcast. I yes. used to watch a lot of his. I had an order ring and friends. lost it. That's pretty sick. I That's like a little better. But I got I'd so pissed. I spent $500 on this ring. I'm like, Dude, I'm never tracking my sleep no, again. I'm pissed. it's pretty good. Uh, it was good, and I lost and it. And then a lot of recovery stuff I learned, it was from Cody Law. Yeah. He's like a Bellator fighter that yep. trains to train at Math Factory, him. And then I take recovery serious. I take, I do ice baths, cold tubs, stretching, you know, yo- I do hot yoga yes. too. Like this take, morning. Yeah, exactly. This it was, was pretty a great sick. morning. Yeah, it was yep. we hit, when, I think when we'll we run it in, again tomorrow. You know, and then uh, it's the little things that make you better. Yeah. You know what I mean? That 1%, the little Absolutely. things, the fundamentals, the just getting out of your comfort zone. Yep. And it's like the... We're Just tight. The little things. We're tight on time. I want to mm-hmm. end with you know four languages. Yeah. What languages? English. Uh, English, Russian, Farsi, and Dari. Farsi and Dari. Yeah. So Farsi is it's what Iranian speak. And then Dari. Dari is like what Afghan speak. Afghan speak. And some other states or countries. And now, now that you understand English, what's your favorite movie? Is it still Home Alone? Uh, my favorite movie. It's Blood Diamond. I love Blood Diamond. Dude, it made me tear up. Yeah, I love Blood I'm, Diamond. I'm, I'm so behind movies that I, like. I'm not a TV guy. I can send you a list of it's movies. It's so bad because yeah. like you can't be a TV guy. I watched guy. The Matrix like last yeah. year after yeah, like yeah. so many years. You oh, know what I mean? Like I've done never that. watched Godfather. Yeah. I heard about Sopranos. A lot of my friends are into like watching Prison Break and things. What about like favorite that. food? Favorite food? Yeah, favorite dish? Uh, favorite uh, restaurant? Favorite dish? I would say like my my culture food. I love this thing called uh, cobbly palau. It's like the rice with shaved carrots. Uh, sorry, shaved uh, um, carrots raisins and yeah. shaved almonds in it and with yep. like lamb or goat meat i see sometimes i follow like dubai pages they'll Dude, like eat camel yeah that looks fire it's it's weird our religion our i would love just like camel. a lot of like goat lamb cow it's good i love you know I, mean? I love gyros i know gyros that's lamb that, yeah i think it's pronounced euros something like that and Everyone i hear they're not even in greece yeah or greek whatever the fuck wherever it's at yeah yeah it's pretty it's weird man you anything know? else you want to add before we head to dinner uh, I just want to thank you for having me here. Yeah, you know, and just being thank around you. here for uh, a little while, I learned yep. a lot. Yeah, you know, we learned a lot. How from you, you run, how you run, uh, how you run the gym, and yeah. like, sorry, how you run your office. Yeah, yeah. And how the standards of excellence you have yep. with all your coworkers, like, all, how, what do you expect from them? Yep. Like, how do you have to be here? You know what I mean? Uh, like the hungry, everyone's a little hungry, and, and like seeing you reminds me of that uh, Wolf of Wall Street character. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like the Thank you. clean version of him, though. Like yeah. you got this Tried office. Th- yeah, yeah th- this office is yep. pretty crazy, and like to look at your age, that you're a little younger than me, and yeah. the position you are, and how much people that you in, are in charge of your like that depend on you, yeah. your help. It, it like it blows my mind. It makes me really like really question. You know what's a good quote? We'll end with. As a hundred people go to war, only one's a warrior. You know what I mean? Like mm. you, you know, it goes down from a hundred people go to war, eighty shouldn't even be there. Like fifteen of them are are like good, strong men, and then you've got like three or four that are like elite, but only one is well, a warrior. I, only one one's f- a killer. One of my favorite quotes is: uh, "A man without a purpose will always uh, distract himself with pleasure." So anytime I get a little distracted or anything like that, I always like live off by that code. So it's pretty cool. I like codes. All right. Well, Simon's blowing us up. So we got to head over. I think I asked everything I, I wanted to ask. So I think we're working. You have any fights coming up? Where can people follow uh, you? If they want to I have social media, I'm on Instagram, 
Bobby Murder underscore seven eight six. Cool. I just kind of like anything else you want to shout out? Uh, I just uh, I just want to shout out all the people back home. I haven't been home. My family, I miss them. It's been hard uh, down here without them, and yep. I'm chasing the dream not just for myself for them. Uh, I want to shout out uh, Isaac Greeley, Simon. Yes, and you know big Let's mentors go. down here, and uh, just. All the people that support me, you know, in PA, I came, I came yep. here with nothing, and a lot of people in the PA community, MMA community, kind of helped me out. A lot of coaches, and uh, I'm just grateful to be a part of uh, a product of my environment of from yes. Math Factory, and uh, just I'm just grateful to be here. And then, yeah, I just want to shout out to uh, Isaac. Let's go. That's my that's my dog. Let's go.